Why wait until Friday to start your weekend? Go ahead, start right now. You're thirsty now, and 93.7 The Ticket is here to help you stock up. Just in time for the weekend when I like to hit the clubs. Time to broaden your horizons and try some new wine and beer. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer from Meyer's Cork and Bottle. Oh, that was going. Wow. <laughs> is there On something scale, different about that bottle? There is. It's a sparkling wine. That's why it oh. made such a wonderful noise. Yeah. You knew that was coming, too. That's right. That's right. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to launch the cork, but then I thought it might hit Nate in the face. So I didn't <laughs> that. Yeah, it happens. What are you going to do? Oh, I opened that too far away from the mic. We're in a little bit. I'm trying to get our uh, our video cameras going. There we go. Uh, this is uh, time for Thirsty Thursday here with Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork in Bottle. Uh, Kevin is. Uh, we, we you heard the pop. You heard the 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 can getting opened. Uh, and we've got uh, some friends here along with us. Hopefully Strick can hear us as well. Strick, are you there? I can hear you fine, guys. Right. Hopefully I'm in the. <laughs> hopefully I'm in the in the block. Yeah, yeah, you are. We can we can hear you this time. We like to include you when we can, every once in a while at least. Uh, and we also Look, everybody and their mama shows up on the block on Thirsty Thursday, bro. Everybody wants to get a taste of what's oh, going yeah. on with Myers Cork and Bob. That's the way we roll, man. That's just uh, we we bring the bring the party to the station. <laughs> we have Nick Sanit, of course, of the Happy Hour, in here with us, as well as uh, Nate Brennan, of course, of uh, our producer, and he's got a Tim Tebow shirt on. Oh uh, yeah, so Tim Tebow fan trick. Yeah, yeah no. come on. No, <laughs> well, never mind. I didn't go how I thought I was going to He be. led him the wrong way. How about you, uh, Kevin? You a big Tim Tebow guy? I, w- I wouldn't say I'm a big Tebow guy, but, uh, you know, appreciate him as an athlete. Uh, yeah. The uh, I did like the uh, Heisman commercials where the, you know where he's driving and hitting the curvy road, and they're like, I, Oh, with Kyler thing, Murray in the car? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, good yeah, thing yeah. you got the autopilot. I heard you can't hit the curve. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not what we were talking yeah. about. But, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it uh, if you are following along online, it's impossible to get everybody's faces on here. But we're we're trying to do our best, and we're, most importantly, we got to show you what we're drinking here. What are we starting with, Kevin? Well, let's start with the Rattler. The Rattler it sounds like the Riddler. Rattler from Prost Brewing Ooh, Company. Rattler. It's a German style grapefruit lager, and uh, basically, what a Rattler is is grapefruit juice and beer blended together, and it's meant to be refreshing and lighten the alcohol content, and so. Mm. Uh, you know, Rattlers are great for like a Sunday brunch for a golf game. You know, anytime you want to have a good time, but you know, it's a, sometimes it's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, this is a <laughs> this good is way to, this is your drink then. That, yeah, I think <laughs> it's a good way to go because it only comes in at about uh, this is four percent, which is actually on the higher end for a Rattler. A lot of them only come in at two point nine or three point two, and so um, this one comes in at four percent. But Prost is a brewing company that is dedicated to emulating the German purity law uh, of beers. And what, what that is is something that they came up with in the 1800s, and they made a law that basically said the only thing you can make beer from is water, hops, grain, and yeast, and that's it. So none of the you know chocolate chip cookie dough stouts, none of that stuff. It's just a fundamental, good-tasting, uh, well-made beer, and, and that's what this Prost Brewing Company tries to emulate and this is their uh, their Rattler style lager, so they just blend in some grapefruit juice with it, and it's a uh, natural grapefruit juice. It's not, you know, 
that like a like a soda popper like squirt or something mm-hmm. like that it's mm-hmm. it's it's real grapefruit juice so the rattler is not uh is not just just from pros then a lot of different places try to emulate this yeah there's uh Stiegel is a very uh popular rattler i believe they are austrian uh comes in the pink can with the stripes on it um that was probably the first one that came in popularity uh in this market anyway but now we're seeing more and more rattlers being uh, released across the board as you can taste, it's light. It's just got a hint of that grapefruity flavor. It's uh, citrusy. It almost kind of tastes like a uh, grapefruit mimosa. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's not. I don't, I don't know if Nick is ready to handle that, man. I don't think it tastes <laughs> strict, strict. You can see me on the quad box that we have. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's it's not like a seltzer. It's not a beer. What, what would you define it as? Well, it's a beer. It's okay. a lager. So it is a beer. It is a beer. Okay. It just has grapefruit juice added to it. Okay. And uh, and so. You know, basically the difference between a lager and an ale is that lagers are cold fermented, um, and so they take a lot longer to produce. Uh, they're generally fermented about 45 degrees, and so a lot of times to complete fermentation with a lager is going to take up six six or eight weeks, whereas an ale are warm fermented, and they also ferment at the top of the, the uh, fermentation tank, and those can ferment completely in less than a week. And so um, a good lager actually it takes a lot more time to produce even though they're going to be a little more basic in terms of their fundamental ingredients because again it's just like hops water grain yeast that's it uh now the 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 kicker is is that it's even more challenging to do well because if there's any impurities or any off flavors there's nothing else to hide it and so it, it's it's the 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 beers are fundamentally basic but also complex in the fact that you can't screw them up because uh, any little tiny screw up is going to sh- stick out like a sore thumb. And what is uh, what is this? You get a twenty four pack or a six pack down at Kevin Myers? Uh, these these come in a six pack. Oh, a six pack. Yep, yeah. yep. How much do they run for? Uh, I believe about nine bucks, nine ten bucks. Oh, oh well yep. worth it for yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. refreshing. Like I said, yeah. good lawn mowing beer, good golfing Golf. beer. You know, oh, yeah. I was thinking lake out on lake, the lake. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. again, super light. When yeah. you pop your first one at ten a.m., you know, count me in. So is it is it one that you would use on a on a good uh, tailgate day there? At Memorial Stadium. It'd be a great way to start, you know, with your breakfast burrito. Start with a with a rattler, and uh, and like I said, on those days where it's a marathon, not a sprint, this is what what you ought to go after. Quick question. So, Kevin, if I want to get twisted, right? All right. I want to twist my top real. Am I gonna go lager? Am I gonna go ale? Well, generally, lagers are not going to be high alcohol by volume. Uh, So, I would say if you if if you're in for the sprint and not the marathon. (laughs) <laughs> then you're going to go with an ale, something with a little bit of a higher kick to it. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Dep- it all depends how much time you got, man. You know, you're, you're retired, <laughs> so you, you know you you gotta you gotta milk milk the clock a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. th- those of us that have a have a small window and you know gotta gotta be back up and hit it again the next day. It's uh, it's more of a sprint, so <laughs> it just kind of depends. He's Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. Of course, this is Thirsty Thursday here on the block, one of our segment favorite segments of the week. We've now got our second uh, uh, taste now being brought to us. What is this that we're gonna have? Oh, so this is a sparkling wine, and uh, the reason that I don't call it champagne is because it doesn't come from the Champagne region of France, and so basically the term champagne has become generalized, like. Q-tip or Jello or Band-Aid, 
Um, but technically, if the wine does not come from that region in northern France, it is not champagne. It's therefore just a sparkling wine. Now, this is a California um, sparkling wine called Domaine Laurier, but it is made in the traditional champagne method or what they call method champenois. And uh, it, uh, what, what that means is, among a few other things, but the most important thing that makes method champenois is that the secondary fermentation that gives the wine bubbles happens in the bottle. Ooh. So that's pretty cool. Basically, how champagne is made is that uh, they make it from three different grape types, usually about a third, a third, and a third of uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, your fave strict. And then a, third, yep. uh, a sister grape of Pinot Noir, one called Pinot Moignet. And they cr- mm. they crush the... Can, uh, wait, wait. Can yeah. I get that before you finish? Can yeah. I get that Pinot Moignet? Can I get that by itself? Yeah, you can. It's pretty rare. But, um, I, you know, you're down in Florida. So, that you know, there's probably... You probably have like a total wine or something down there. Or what's your big wine store down in Florida? <laughs> He's excited about that. Uh, total Wine. Yeah, yeah okay. Total. So, yeah, you, you walk into a Total Wine and say, hey... My buddy told me about this grape called a Pinot Meunier. Do you have any? And they'll be able to hook you up. Pinot Meunier. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us the process. You're All right. So let's go let's go. The uh, uh, so initially the wine is without bubbles or what they call a still wine, and then uh, it's put into the bottle and not filtered. And so the remaining spent yeast and sediment is in the bottle, and they add a temporary cork. And then they go through this process called riddling, where the bottles are gradually twisted and tilted, bringing up that sediment to the neck of the bottle. And then they'll take liquid nitrogen, they'll freeze the neck, remove the temporary cork, and let a little bit of the juice come out that takes away the sediment and the spent yeast. They'll, then they'll add what's called dosage, which is essentially sugar and wine. And they put that in the bottle and then add the real cork, which is if you're watching on TV, this is what those look like. Yeah. And, uh, and then also put the cage on it. And the cage has a name. It's called a mucilet. It means a muzzle, like a dog muzzle. Um, and uh, because of the uh, immense amount of pressure on the inside of the bottle, uh, that, that cage is very, very important. So what happens when they add the dosage? It reactivates any yeast that's left in there. And it ferments into, doesn't create any more alcohol, but it creates carbon dioxide. And since the carbon dioxide is trapped inside of the bottle... That's how the uh, the wine gets its bubbles. So um, that's essentially champagne making in a in a uh, quick synopsis. After studying champagne, do you are you pretty fluent in French? <laughs> you know a lot of words. Uh, no, my French is terrible. Oh, okay. I had a Spanish minor in college, so I tend to pronounce every foreign word as a as a Spanish <laughs> word. But you know, just being in the wine business for over twenty years, you sort of learn the little tricks of the trade. And basically, my way to speak French is don't pronounce the last syllable. <laughs> so, you know, this oh, is yeah. called Domaine Laurier. So oh, it's L A U R I E R. So you just say Laurier, and you don't pronounce the last last syllable, right? So, uh, you know, Champenois, same thing. <laughs> so just don't pronounce the last syllable, and you're good. We uh, we got line. a we got a question on the text line in regards to the Rattler. Is it the same thing as a Shandy? Uh, essentially, yeah. Um, Shandies generally imply the addition of lemonade, whereas a Rattler generally implies the addition of grapefruit juice. But I don't know that there's a hard and fast rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
same principle. Kevin, I've been going to a lot of weddings recently, and they bring out the what they say is champagne. Is it usually champagne, or is it a sparkling wine that they bring out? Probably just a sparkling wine. Okay. Generally speaking, a, a bottle of true champagne is going to start at about 50 bucks and oh, go really? north okay. of there. So, you know, when you're feeding a group of 300 people, mm-hmm. chances wine. are, Probably unless you're at a really wine. hoity-toity wedding, right. chances <laughs> are they're not using real champagne. Is it rare, or is it just because of the region? Well, let's face it. When you buy French wines, you do pay a premium for the history and the prestige of where Mm. that wine comes from. And the French are masters of creating prestige. And uh, and so that's where, like, your Dom Perignon, your Cristal, your Ace of Spades, you know, these are all high-end champagnes that fetch anywhere from 250 to 500 bucks a bottle. Um and it's not necessarily that it's better than the 75 or 100 dollar stuff some of it is but again there can be a diminishing return so at some point you're no longer paying for what's in the bottle you're paying for the history and the prestige of of where it comes from or the limited availability so say they only make a thousand bottles yeah they can they can charge you a thousand bucks a bottle if there's only a thousand of them for the whole world to have so especially if it's good stuff now as far so as basically the- it's okay. like it's like this it's like you live in California or whatever, and you live in Beverly Hills, and you have a 3,000, 4,000 square foot house, and you can live out in Rancho Cucamonga with the same house, and basically it's because you live in Beverly Hills is why you're paying the ten, premium price. Ten basically. times the price. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a pretty okay. good analogy. Or okay. or you could take that same house and put it in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> right. But, I mean, I've been to Beverly Hills, and it's all prestige. It's not real. Like, it, <laughs> you know. It, nothing it, to it. it yeah. Exactly. There's nothing there. And at Rodeo Drive, you think, you know, it's a super hoity-toity fancy. It's these, it's like two blocks of really small little tiny yep. shops, and they just have fancy signs on there. And it's like, you know, at a zero. And it's like, well, it's fake. It's It's not real. So yeah, but I, they show you on the movies, they show you walking all the dogs and all of that. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're only yeah. going like a block and a half, my guy. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and then you get that block and a half away, and then it's a tent city, you know, a bunch of homeless people <laughs> begging for money. It's like, nah. Yeah. This is really good. I, I like this a lot. So how much? I, I, I'm not going to uh, tr- attempt to pronounce the, uh, the the uncorking that you said, uh, uh, similar to a muzzle. But I'm not going to try the mucilage. Yeah, mucilage. Mm-hmm. How, how often are, is that? Pretty rare, I guess, in uncorking. Uh, actually, with a you know a full sparkling wine, the the mucilage is important because without it, they'd blow corks all the time. Hmm. So mm-hmm. it's important no, okay. to uh, that that cage is on there to hold that cork in place. Um, and this is done in the traditional champagne method or the method champenois. Um, what makes this such a great buy is that they're under 20 bucks. Oh, nice. These are like 17 bucks on the shelf. Really, really good stuff. Now this is a brute also. And, uh, that's one thing that I didn't talk about that I meant to. There's five levels of sweetness in sparkling wine. There's grand brute, which is your driest. And that's like what Dom Perignon is. That's a grand brute. Then you see brute, which is dry. Then you have extra dry, which is actually not as dry as brute, and I'll tell you how that came to fruition in just a second. Uh, then there's demi-sec, which means semi-sweet. Well, literally means semi-dry, but it really is semi-sweet. <laughs> and then there's sec, which is sweet. Now, mainly you're going to see the middle three, the brute, the demi-sec, and, um, and the extra dry. But uh, you're generally, uh, in the grand scheme of things, there are five levels. Now, there used to only be four levels, but as the romance of champagne began to spread throughout Europe a couple of centuries ago, 
the British monarch commissioned the French to make them champagne. And they said, okay, well, how do you like it? And they were like, well, we're British, so we're dry, you know, or we have dry sense of humor and we have, <laughs> we like our sherry dry and everything's very dry. And, and uh, so they sent him the brute and it was too dry for him. So they sent it back. And uh, so they added more of that dosage, the wine syrup, to sweeten it up just a little bit. And, but they called it extra dry just to appease the British monarch's ego uh, oh. but, uh, you know, really it's, I think hmm. if you're, if you're French and you're drinking the extra dry, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, That's whatever, That's whatever awesome. the noise they make. Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. Are most of the origination stories for, you know, wine and just alcohol in general from Europe, it seems? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the traditional grape varietals, they're from a species called Vitis vinifera. Um, and that's your Chardonnay, your Merlot, your Cabernet, your Pinot Noir. Those are all from that same species of grape varietal. Now, the stuff we grow here is from a species called Vitis riparia, which is like your old Missouri Riverbank wild vine. So it's like the, the stuff that your grandmother would make jams and jellies from. Um, okay. Now, what they've done is that they've taken that species, they've hybridized it, and then they graft it onto wine rootstock or uh, vineyard stock so that it behaves like it creates a trellis like vineyard vines do, even though they're genetically different. And the only reason that they do that is because the traditional grape varieties, um, like your Merlot, your Cabernet, your Sauvignon Blanc, your Chardonnay, uh, those just don't grow here because our climate's too volatile. We get too, the, free, the freeze is too low and the heat spike is too high. Mm. They need more of that temperate climate. Yeah, not, not ideal for Nebraska. And Kevin, <laughs> I know, correct me if I'm wrong, the best that a bottle of wine is, is is right when you open it. Say you have a wine stopper and then you you stop it, you put it back on the wine the the bottle. How long will that actually last you before it goes bad? Well, I mean, there are some wines that actually need to breathe. And, okay, and so you know, and there's like you know, you've seen decanters, mm -hmm. and what a decanter does, it accelerates the breathing process, um, and it basically will. Um, spread the wine out to create a surface area that's more exposed to oxygen. Now, again, that's a bell curve, so mm. it'll get better, better, and then it'll hit its peak and then get worse right. and worse. Um, and so I would say, like, most white wines are going to fully oxidize within about 24 hours if you don't do anything else to preserve them. Okay. Red wines, you can usually go back, I would say, if you don't, you know, add, like, some sort of a preserver, like a gas or a pump or something along those lines, uh, usually 24 to 48 hours is going to be your best window. Beyond that, they'll start to sour. Um, and basically they just, they oxidize and then they get to the point where they just don't taste very good. Essentially they're, they're turning into vinegar at that point. So, um, I would say a, a good red wine, you can go back one to two days later, a white wine, I would say drink within 24 hours. Wow. And Strick, before you, as you finish your drink there, we want to get a catch up on what you're drinking as usual as well. Cantina, Cantina Malbec. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's solid. It's actually pretty solid. I actually like it. I, I like a good Malbec or I like a good Pinot Noir. But I, <laughs> I, what, what's the other one called? Pinot Moignet. Pinot Moignet. <laughs> yeah, like it it, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's spelled M-E-U-N-I-E-R. It's pronounced Moignet, like, but... Uh, um, you know, you can phonetically spell it and say, hey, my buddy uh, told me to <laughs> look for some of this. And I think you really like it. It's 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 not very common. It's not very prolific. But uh, uh, I know there's some Pinot Moignet being grown in uh, in in Oregon. Uh, and you might find some others that uh, a total wine store is going to have. So 
Look it up. And you just sound cool with your buddies if you bring something yeah, new to the table they haven't heard of. Yeah. Like, this is my own information. I didn't hear this from Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. <laughs> but we did, and we'd like to every Thursday. One of our favorite segments here, Thirsty Thursday. Uh, before we wrap up real quick, uh, uh, give us a recap of what, what we have here and then how much of it's available for us. So we have Domaine Laurier Brut, which is a California sparkling wine done in the traditional champagne method or method champenois. And we have Prost Rattler, which is uh, uh, a traditional German lager blended with uh, fresh grapefruit juice. We, we have one question off the text line okay. that just came in. Does champagne have the same shelf life as wine? Uh, champagne is a wine. It just happens to have bubbles. And, and generally speaking, yeah. In fact, um, a lot of times a champagne will have a longer shelf life than a traditional, just a regular white wine uh, because they're highly acidic. Um, the, the Champagne region in France is located up north, so it's a very cool growing season. So the, the grapes are more acidic, and so that creates um, a preservative for the wine, making it last longer. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool stuff. That is Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. We'll have to wrap it up for Thursday, Thursday, as we're up against the break. But coming up next, it is time for your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Ranks. It's time for Shootout with Strick. Uh, if you do win, you, like I said, you have $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Today's topic is the Sweet 16. So give us a call right now, 402-464-5685. First one in line gets a chance to beat Strick and a chance at the chicken. That's coming up next here on The Block. Rosie.